Today's episode is brought to you by Chiropractic Mastery. Wouldn't it be great if your spinal problems and misalignments could correct themselves? And if you didn't need the same thing done to you every time you visit the office, best of all, what if your chiropractor could check and tell when your body didn't need any help that day at all? MCT chiropractors correct nervous system imbalances directly so the body is best able to correct the spinal misalignment on its own. This is done without twisting, popping, cracking, or causing pain. It's so honoring to the body that most people experience a tremendous amount of improvement very quickly, often without the soreness and stiffness that may follow a more traditional chiropractic adjustment. Your chiropractor can find out more by visiting chiropracticmastery.com and checking the seminars tab. And if you're looking for a chiropractor that will custom build the most painless yet effective chiropractic adjustment for you on every visit to the office, go to chiropracticmastery.com and click on the referrals tab. KiddoCast, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative care, particularly chiropractic care for children by sharing the experiences of the doctors in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children today. Simply put, we're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics and the director of the Beacon Clinic of Chiropractic in beautiful Grover Beach, California. Now today, guys, we have the first of several interviews that we recorded this year. These are brand new interviews, uh, and I did the best I could to bring some of the best instructors, best speakers, best pediatric chiropractors on the planet together. Um, I know you guys are going to enjoy this, uh, and there's no better doctor than uh, this first speaker, this first uh, instructor uh, with the International Chiropractic Pediatrics Association to lead off this new round of interviews than Dr. Armand Rossi. For those of you guys who are chiropractors who take care of kids, uh, Dr. Rossi needs no introduction. He's been an instructor with the ICPA for years and years and years. He's one of the first instructors that we all um, meet uh, in our path uh, towards certification with the ICPA. I mean, he's all around just an amazing, amazing chiropractor. Dr. Armand Rossi is a 1976 graduate of Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. After 40 years in practice, he is currently the Dean of Clinical Sciences at Sherman College of Chiropractic in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Since 1994, Dr. Rossi... (coughs) has been an instructor for the International Chiropractic Pediatrics Association. He's championed salutogenic care through four generations of practice members. He's the father of four, grandfather of 11, and great-grandfather of eight. Guys, again, I know you're going to love this interview with Dr. Armin Rossi, and without any further ado, here he is. All right, we are live, guys. I, uh, I'm, I'm super excited uh, to uh, be sitting here with um, you know, my friend, Dr. Armin Rossi, um, this is the first interview that we've done for the kiddo cast, uh, post COVID, if you want to call this era post COVID. Um, but it's appropriate that we're sitting down with Dr. Armand, um, now because, uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I can't speak for Dr. Armand. I'm sure it's the same where he is, but you know, our practice has absolutely exploded in the past three months because people are, they need chiropractic care because chiropractic care is providing something that uh, can't necessarily be given by traditional medicine. We're inspiring hope or providing um, clear nervous system, which is, you know, the crux of, of health. Um, so having Armand on right now to talk about his experiences, his vast experience with pediatric chiropractic, you know, what he teaches with the ICPA, et cetera, et cetera, is apropos. So Dr. Armand, thank you so much for taking the afternoon to be with everybody. We're really excited. It's my pleasure. I love. I love it. I love sharing what I what I love to do. Well, let's um let's dig right in. Um, you know, I think a lot of docs who are listening to this podcast have have met you, know of you, have uh, taken one of your courses. Uh, but the large majority of the folks who listen to this podcast are parents. Maybe some of them have. Uh, a, a kiddo or themselves that's, that are under chiropractic care. Maybe they're just coming to the podcast because they want to learn a little bit more about chiropractic care. So why don't you share a little bit about who you are and what brought you to chiropractic and then let's sort of branch off from there. Okay. Well, it, it's, I, it's ironic that we should start that way because I was a kid 
when I was uh, first got into chiropractic. Uh, I was five years old, and at that time, I was not a very healthy child. I had asthma, hay fever, allergies. Um, bad enough that um, they used to have to have an oxygen tank by my bedside at night because that's you know what they did back then. I had an asthma attack, I'd have to have oxygen. Well, what happened, my mother didn't know a whole lot about chiropractic, but she knew something. And I fell at my grandmother's house and hurt myself. And not only did I hurt myself, but I also started getting sick. I started getting like, um, well, pretty much like a cold or flu. And um, didn't want to eat, stayed in bed. And she did the typical thing any mom would do at the time, where she gave me like uh, chicken soup and uh, then baby aspirin and things like this. Only I kept getting worse every day instead of better. And one day, about five days into this, uh, I, she comes to my room, I sit up in bed, and my eyes cross, like cross inward, and I can't uncross them. And I start seeing double vision everything. So now she's in a panic, and she gets my father, and they take me to a medical doctor, who was a cousin in the family. And this was up in, uh, he, I was, lived in New Jersey, and this was up in Huntington, Long Island. So we went to this cousin of mine, and he did an exam. And he said that what they wanted to do was, first of all, put me into surgery immediately and cut the muscles to my eyes to straighten out my eyes. And secondly, what they wanted to do was check to see if I had a brain tumor. Now, this I'm, I'm not a young puppy. <laughs> this was like 1956. And back then, the way they checked for a brain tumor was they didn't have the equipment we have today, was they would inject a dye into the skull through your ear and take x-rays. Not the most pleasant thing in the world. So my parents decided before they did anything like this, they wanted to get another opinion. So my mother had an uncle who graduated from Palmer College in chiropractic. And so she took me over to him so he could see what was going on and he checked me and he found that there was an atlas subluxation a misalignment in my top bone in my, in my neck that caused interference to my brain stem okay and he said let's go ahead and work with that first he said he's my nephew i was not in danger of his life if he needs other help we can always do that let's work with this first and see what happens so that's the, the way i got started under chiropractic care I'm making a long story very short. Within like two weeks, I was back to normal. And normal symptomatic ones, okay? Now, he was smart enough to say, you know, well, that's great. He, I'm glad his symptoms are better, but he still has this interference within there that still needs to be taken care of. So I was seen by him probably two or three times a week for quite a while. But what was happening during that time was my, my allergies were starting to disappear. My eyes straightened out like within two weeks after I got adjusted, but uh, my overall health got better. And then from that point on, it was, we went to the chiropractor. We only went to the medical doctor in case it was a medical necessity. But um, for overall general health, we went regularly to the chiropractor, at least got checked once a week and adjusted if necessary. And I grew up that way. Until I decided to go become a chiropractor. And I went to Rutgers University for a couple of years and then uh, decided to go to chiropractic school. So that's how I got involved in it. And I got the benefit of seeing how it made me healthier just by gain adjusted, making sure that interference, the nervous system was cleared out so my body can function creating health rather than treating disease. Okay. I got a couple of thoughts here. Um, first and foremost, I want to circle around about um, what you just said uh, with regards to creating health instead of, you know, getting rid of disease. Uh, you're talking about sustainability and salutogenesis, which is like a hallmark of what we learn in your coursework with the ICPA. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I got to share a story with you first, because your experience uh, with chiropractic as a child 
very closely mirrors the experience uh, that my dad had when he was first exposed to chiropractic. And you're going to laugh when you hear this because it sounds almost identical. So, um, most of my, my listeners uh, don't know this story because I don't talk about my folks all that much on the podcast, but my dad uh, drove a truck for like 40 years, you know, and he's doing a lot of lifting. He had all the vibrations from, you know, sitting in, in a truck, you know, for long periods of time. And his MRI, his cervical spine MRI is gross. I mean, he had just tons and tons and tons of trauma, that first T that we talk about in terms of stressors and chiropractic. And in addition to having neck and back pain throughout most of his adult life, in my second or third year in chiropractic college, I remember he called me and he said, my eyes are crossed. Um, I don't know what caused it, but I went to go see my neurologist. My neurologist thinks I might have a brain tumor, so they're going to do an MRI. I swear to God, I'm not making this up, Armin. It sounds exactly like what you, what you went through. Um, you know, they wanted to put him in prismatic glasses. They wanted to do a bunch of like physical therapy or rehab or whatever. And he's just like, I, I don't think that's what it is. So I brought him in to see my clinician in clinic. It must've been my third year because I was in clinic. Mm-hmm. I brought him in to see my clinician in clinic and he put him on a very short care plan, adjusted him a couple of times, you know, took his insurance, did all that thing. And within like two adjustments, I remember this vividly, his eyes went back to normal. And, you know, for years, you know, my folks were kind of down on me for becoming a a chiropractor because they didn't understand it. They didn't realize or recognize that it was, it was about health, about sustainability, about salutogenesis. Um, But that changed his mind. And to this day, you know, he still sees a chiropractor almost on a weekly basis to help promote health as opposed to correct back pain as opposed to correct disease. Um, so that segues into what you talked about last, which I really want to dig into. And that, that is salutogenesis. Um, so would you mind, uh, first of all, defining that term and then talking a little bit about what that means for you in your chiropractic practice? Okay. Uh, salutogenesis, the term uh, was, was developed by Aaron Antonevsky. And I think it was back in the late 60s, if I have it correctly. He was a sociologist. And he talked about um, saludo, meaning uh, creation, uh, genesis, life, this type of thing. And he talked, he talked about in society, we need to stop treating the pathology or pathogenesis and create a better atmosphere for health. For, for, for living, creating life, uh, growth, things like this, going along that, that type of thing. So um, one of the things that we re- recognize in chiropractic, and I think it really was brought to chiropractic by my good friend, Chris Kent. I think he was the first person who really brought that in. Chris and I, I don't know if you know this, but when I first came up to Spartanburg, uh, I lived with Chris for three months. Uh, in, together, and we, we talked and talked and talked about all this kind of stuff, and and, um, and we still work together in the whole thing. But um, we, it's really a chiropractic term. It really has to do with when we correct the subluxation, the interference, and the nervous system functions properly, then life manis- manifests the way it's supposed to be. And that doesn't necessarily mean that all symptoms disappear. It means that, that your body works the way it was meant to be. There are certain things that has to happen. You're, you're sick, you're toxic, you're full of toxins in your system, you're going to be sick, you're going to be vomiting, you're going to be sweating, you're going to have you know, things like this, diarrhea or whatever. That's the body functioning normally. Um, so we want to point that out. And that's the emphasis of what I did in my practice for all 40 years of it. The emphasis was we're not coming here. Do, do people come in in pain and hurry? Of course I do. And of course I have empathy for that. And I, and I want to help them as best as I can. But I also let them know that if we can't help you with your symptom, okay, we at least know that we're doing the best we can for your body to manifest the best it can. Okay, and, and if we have to, we'll refer you to someone else, not instead of, but in addition to chiropractic, that would help that symptom. But I, I think is to keep you healthy, keep you being the best that you can be. And that comes on all levels, not just physical. 
social, mental, even spiritual well-being. All plays into part of that. You know, people think better when they have no interference. People have an emotional connection that's better when they don't have interference. When they're not viewing things through, through a skewed lens of some type. You know, so um, that's that's what we established in our office. And, and I actually did a study. I think you'll enjoy this. Yeah. Um, in Florida, probably about 15 years ago, we looked at something. I was seeing about 200 patient visits in a week there, you know, working with full, full schedule. And I did a survey with the patients to see why they were there. I just, basically, it's a one question, why are you here? Okay, because I've had people who are new and people who have been with me for 20 years. Okay, so why are you here? And only out of the 200 people, less than 10 said to relieve pain. So that, that was kind of proof to me that we were going the right direction with that. Creating health, creating, having a better life, this type of thing. You know, and it's, it's, just, it's just neat to, to see, and it's neat to see people come in. And, and you know, what's, and I, I know it's going to sound crazy, but you, you've had this, I'm sure you've had this in your practice. You go check someone, you adjust them, and they have an emotional release, and they start crying. Okay? And at first, they get real embarrassed, and they're all upset. But I tell them, no, 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 no. That's, that's good. You're releasing. You're releasing. And lots of times, if they have a pain or a discomfort after your adjustment, I look at them and say, congratulations. You're waking up. You're waking up. Your nervous system's starting to function. Yeah. You know? I'm smiling because I, I've had, man, I mean, this, this whole COVID thing is so crazy because people are so pent up. There's so much stress at home. There's so much stress out in the workplace for our essential workers who still have their jobs. And that emotional release that you describe is so ubiquitous in my clinic. You know, we, we see, I, I did a bunch of energy training with, uh, with a, a shaman and a healer with uh, my wife now uh, several years ago, and he refers to this process as downloading, right? We see a lot of downloading on the table, which yeah. is essentially, you know, the way that I see it is just the releasing of a lot of that pent up neurological backlog. Um, you know, BJ might have called it retracing. I don't like that word retracing, but it's definitely something that's left over from past traumas and stressors that's coming up to the surface, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we hold so much stuff in, we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to use the analogy of uh, when I used to give my, my health talks every Wednesday night in the office, um, I would have everybody sit there and I'd say, do you know if this light in the room is on as bright as it can be, or is there a dimmer switch on? And they said, no, it looks like it's on. And then I walked to the side and I moved the dimmer switch up. And they, they realized that little by little, if you're not careful, your light will slowly diminish. And you've got to go to that energy level, the current, the, 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 the cause of it, and make sure it's functioning at 100%. So that your life can function at 100%. And people, you know, it's like they slowly, it's like, it's like the old story about the um, boiled frog. You're familiar with that story, right? It's a, it, you know, you put a frog in some water and just slowly turn the heat on, pretty soon they boil to death because it becomes every day. And that's what this COVID is doing. This is a lesson for all of our parents who are listening to this because I know a lot of folks who are brought to chiropractic. Um, a lot of parents who are brought to chiropractic have essentially heard from their pediatrician or from their specialist that health is all or nothing, right? That your kiddo, and I got to tell you, like in my community, I've heard this so many stinking times. There's one provider in particular who is notorious for this is saying, you know what? Your kiddo is just going to be like this. That's life. That's just the nature of the beast. That exact quote I've heard from several different parents. That's life. That's just the way it is. But for parents who are listening, understand that health is a continuum. Health is a spectrum. And just because you don't have any symptoms doesn't necessarily mean that you're healthy. Right. When Dr. Armand talks about salutogenesis. Understand that, that chiropractic is about thriving. It's about vitality. It's about 
um, awakening, that sort of inborn innate sort of healing response that everybody is born with that uh, it lies dormant, you know, in a lot of, lot of patients. I mean, your body's always constantly adapting to the environment, but some bodies do it better than others. Chiropractic is about arousing that innate um, in, uh, in your kiddos' bodies and in your bodies for that matter. Um, go ahead. You're either going uphill or you're going downhill. That's right. Right. Every decision you make, it, it, it brings you closer to health or away from health, yeah. right? That's the way that we learned it. Um, and so, you know, if you've got a kiddo that's struggling, um, understand that, you know, the first step that a chiropractor would take is to try to remove obstacles and allowing that, that child's inborn innate recuperative power to work correctively. And Armand was talking about his experience with his chiropractor. Um, I would have said the exact same thing. You know, let's clear out the priorities first. Let's address the underlying choke points or stumbling blocks. In chiropractic, we call those subluxations so that you can be at your best. And in my experience, chiropractic is sufficient in most cases. Um, exactly. you know, the, the more, the more that I practice, I've been in practice for nine years now, my God, time flies. Um, the more I realize that, you know, chiropractor's job is just to adjust the spine and get the heck out of the way and let that innate response do its job. So, um, let's, let's talk about, you know, really why, why you're here, doc. Um, and that is at pediatrics. Um, you know, I sat in your class, San Francisco five years ago, maybe. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a long time. I stopped for my CACCP about three or four years ago. So it must've been your, I took your class out of order. It was the end of, end of my, my series. It was you. And then I took Dr. Peter's class. Um, pediatrics is one of those things that is it's in vogue. A lot of chiropractors are really getting interested in taking care of kids now, which is fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's one of those things I think where parents are really starting to reach out now because they're so sick of traditional Western medicine that they're looking for alternatives. Um, but for a guy like you who knew Larry Webster, you know, who's been in the profession for, for decades, you know, how has chiropractic care for kids changed in, in the last 40 years, you know, and, and what do you see as the future of chiropractic care for kids as we go on? Well, I think that that's a great question, and uh, I I can tell you almost point blank because I was thinking about this just earlier today when it changed in my practice. Um, the uh, early days chiropractic, uh, I was I I never wanted to have a pediatric practice. I wanted to have a family practice. Because I went to a family practice, I grew up with a family practice. I never even thought there was such a thing as a pediatric practice. Oh. And so when people come in, I automatically say, bring your kids in. And uh, we would have a, a, a session for them to bring their, their kids and we'd talk about that and stuff like this. But the big change I noticed was about 25 years ago. And I, I can do a little example. We had a guy who came in and brought his child into our office. And this was one of the first times that I had a person come in for the child, not for themselves and then bringing the kids in. You know what I'm saying? And he was a computer geek. And this isn't 25, 30 years ago when computers were just babies. You know, we didn't, we had the, you know, DOS and things like this. So it was, it was just, but he was a computer geek. And he thinks in a certain way. His child was um, maybe a year old and the child had really bad reflux. And so he took the child to a medical doctor. And the medical doctor said, diagnosed his reflux and gave him some kind of med medication. Okay. Well, it wasn't helping. After two or three weeks, he went back to the doctor and the doctor saw it wasn't helping, so he gave him a prescription for more of the medicine. Now, to a computer guy, that doesn't compute. You know, to most people, it doesn't compute. You don't give a person more of something that's not working. Okay? You don't do that. So what happened is he said, I, I got to look for something else. So he actually went online and started looking around 
and he hooked into the ICPA back then and, and got my name because I was on the directory or whatever, brought his child in. And he brought his child in. We started explaining what chiropractic was. In, in my office, by the way, for 40 years, I had a patient orientation every Wednesday night that was mandatory for all my patients. Okay, we always did that. And they, they complained and hemmed and hawed about it at first, but every time they came to it, they loved it after that. That's how it was grew. But anyway, um, he got to understand this. So he started, his wife started, and he started telling people. And he said, you understand, we're tired of the medical model. He said, we're tired of, you have this, you take this. And that's all you need to do. Or it's either drugs or surgery or therapy or something like this, right? He said, we're tired of that. There's got to be a better way, not just to, to treat problems, but to be healthy and stay healthy. And I said, it is. It's, it's inside of you. I said, you have everything there. You just can't interfere with it. Because everything's right there. And we started to use lots of times and Reggie Gold's old line, which I love to this day, and I'm good friends with Irene. We talk about it all the time. Um, if you're alive with nerve interference, doesn't it make sense that you'd be better off without the interference, whether you have a symptom or not? That simple. That simple. And that's what we did for years and years and years and talked about creating health that way. Yeah, I mean, again, I can't overstate this. It's chiropractic is sufficient. You know, it's it's funny. When I first started out in chiropractic, I I threw everything that I had at my patients because, you know, when you're first starting out in practice, here's a good hint for all of you students out there. Um, you're convinced by, who knows, the powers that be, um, administrators, teachers sometimes, that chiropractic doesn't work. Um, at least that was what's kind of was drilled into my head during my educational process. And you know, as well as I do that the chiropractic college experience these days can kind of beat students up. Um, but I came out from a chiropractic college that really emphasized conservative spine care and back pain and neck pain. And it wasn't until I started studying with a pediatric chiropractor in person that I started seeing the miracles that you're describing. You have to actually see it to know that it works. I mean, one of the pieces of advice that I always give students is spend time with chiropractors who do this every day, because once you see this stuff, you can't unsee it. Yeah. But actually, yeah. Go ahead, yeah, that's right. No, you have to actually see it to understand it because it's not ubiquitous. It's the same reason why we still only see three or 4% of the population, because if people really knew what chiropractic was, everybody would be in a chiropractor's office. But um, most people are, are so entrenched in the medical model. They think that healing comes from the outside in that when you start talking about inside out healing, it's a bridge too far for them. Um, but going back to what I, what I originally was going to talk about, about, you know, chiropractic being sufficient. When I first got out of chiropractic college, I thought we had to do all this rehab and all this therapy and all this nutritional intervention and all this other stuff in lieu of doing chiropractic correctly. And what I've learned in the past nine years is that if you do chiropractic right, all else follows. It's not to say that you can't do nutrition in your clinic. I mean, our friend, Marsha Schaefer does it brilliantly in her clinic, but you know, the take home message is get chiropractic right first, clear out the nervous system, correct those subluxations and just stand back and watch, just watch what happens to your people. You know, when it rains, it pours in my clinic this past like two weeks or so, um, it's been nothing but colic cases. I mean, I, I mean, I had maybe six new babies start with colic in the past two weeks. And, um, every single time I get a new, a new patient in the clinic, you know, I'm constantly thinking about all the potential, you know, side roads that we could take on their path to healing. You know, what could potentially pop up? What kind of new symptoms can arise? Because I want to give parents an opportunity to kind of be aware of what to expect. Um, I don't know if this was the case in your clinic, but very frequently in my clinic, kids get a little worse before they get better. Um, mm -hmm. And that's us, you know, trying to get them dialed in so that we can we can really provide the best, you know, quality care. But with these these um, 
colic cases, which are also reflux cases, which are also latching cases, which are also constipation cases, they all overlap. There's one common denominator, um, and that is birth trauma. Um, birth trauma, uh, by all accounts, afflicts 99% of the kids that are being born today because uh, kid birth is so mechanized, it's so patriarchal, it's so different than it was even half a century ago. Um, and as a result, we're seeing more and more upper cervical subluxations. These upper cervical subluxations are more problematic. They're more troublesome. They're more stubborn than they've ever been before. Um, and as a result, it takes a little bit more time, a little bit more energy, a little bit more patience to get this to work. Um, going back to the original question that I asked you a few minutes ago and what's changed in the past 40 years, um, you know, in terms of, in terms of trauma, you know, not even in terms of trauma, in terms of the three T's, what do you think has, um, has changed in the past 40 years with regards to those T's? Would you agree with me that birth trauma is more ubiquitous now than it was 40 years ago? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What, what's happening and the basic, let's go, let's go back to the basic difference. The basic difference is that we have, we don't, uh, the mom does not give birth anymore. The doctor extracts the baby. Okay. That's the way it's viewed in the medical model. Okay. It's, it's the, the doctors doing the extraction, whether by C-section, which, you know, as you know, in the inner cities, they're going more and more toward 100% C-sections to, to um, vaginal birth with forceps or with vacuum extraction or things like this. It's an extraction process rather than a beautiful birthing process because who really gives birth? It's the mom who gives birth. Okay. The doctor, you know, and they say to me all the time, oh, this is the doctor who delivered my baby. Now he's the guy who maybe extracted the baby, but the mom is the one who delivered the baby. Okay. And, and so that's a basic difference with that. And so what happens is we've given all the power to the doctor and taking away the power from the mom, okay, with that. And so um, that's one of the big traumas. Now, going back to the three T's, toxins, traumas, and thoughts, okay? We obviously know trauma is always there, okay? We're all going to run into traumas. I stubbed my toe the other night with a trauma. That okay, whatever those traumas have been there in the past, are there now? Are there more there now? I think it's a different type of trauma now. I think I think it's more from the birth process. But when you talk about thoughts, we live in such a high stress society. I think that's the biggest thing that's changed. When they used to say that um, in the 1950s you could hold an adjustment for six months. But you can't do that now. It's because of the, the stress we put ourselves through. And I, I, I believe that that's one of the aspects of it. I think we live in such a high stress society, we have to calm that, calm that down a bit. And yeah, especially that, right now, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's off, the, off the charts right now with that. Um, but you know, it, it, some of the people, you have people who are naturally high stress. And then you have people who are not. And you'll notice that the more, and I don't want to get into religion here, okay? But sometimes I think when people have a little more faith that their body is being taken care of and being run from inside out, they can relax a little bit better, okay? And unfortunately, some people aren't shaped that way. That's one of the things that I've noticed is the, is the amount of stress that we place on things these days uh, so much more than before. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I want to speak to that real quick because Hoffman and I talk about this all the time. Hoffman actually uses a chart when he teaches MC2 um, called states of arousal. And what we're finding, uh, I mean, God, more, more than ever, and it gets worse every single year, are, are hyper aroused, hyper vigilant children and adults in our clinic, um, which means neurologically, 
there's not a whole bunch that we can do without exceeding, you know, their metabolic capacity. You know, a lot of the time, even gentle touch is a little bit too much for them. We might do some sensory brushing. It might be a little bit too much for them. The sensory kids, the so-called perfect stormers that we see in our clinic, it might take a couple of weeks for my really, really complicated kids to even work up to an adjustment. Um, We start very gentle because they just can't tolerate it. You know, stressful pregnancies for the past five, six generations lead to stressful births, which lead to stressed out kids, which leads to all these symptoms that we typically see in chiropractic. It starts as colic. It starts as constipation. It starts as reflux. And then it turns into ear infections. It turns into asthma. Then it turns into sensory processing issues. It turns into ODD, PDDs, turns into pandas, you name it. And so we see this cycle of events like pan out in almost every single kiddo that we take care of it's just there are different places along the spectrum um and so you know chiropractic in my mind the number one thing that we can do is help them adapt to the effects of stress better it's not so much that we keep them from stressing you know because that's impossible and to a certain degree you need that stress but um you know, that's why we do HRVs in our clinic. We want to see how well patients are adapting to the effects of stress. And as a result of chiropractic care, these HRVs get better. Surprise, surprise, right? We, that's, that's, the, that's the bottom line of what we do is help create adaptability. The adaptability is what, what's key with that. You know, yes, I'm stressed and I'm stressed, but I'm more adaptable to it. Okay, sure. I can handle it. Um, it's the same. We used to use the same line of thought years ago when people used to come in and say, Oh, I have hay fever. Well, pollen causes hay fever. No, if pollen caused hay fever, we'd all have hay fever. It's my body's inability to adapt to the pollen that causes the hay fever. You follow? And we, just, we, just, we, we said that years ago, and we continue to say that. People always are looking for an outside cause rather than looking internally. Well, the old adage in chiropractic is that it's not the seed, it's the soil, right? It's not the germ. It's the body's ability to adapt to the germ. And, you know, especially right now with everybody freaking out about COVID, you know, the number one thing that chiropractors have been teaching their patients and practice members through this entire crisis is how to become more adaptable, how to improve your immune system, how to support your immune response correctly. Again, this is where I'd love to talk to Marsha because I know she has so many amazing thoughts about this. But, you know, in addition to me normally getting checked and adjusted, you know, every couple of weeks, you know, I've been doubling down on chiropractic for myself i've been getting checked at least once a week if not twice a week you know i've been uploading you know ten thousand ius of vitamin d two thousand milligrams of vitamin c three thousand milligrams of, of fish oil and it's not because you know i need these extra supplements in my system to create sustainability it's just supporting the system that exists that i know is under tremendous amounts of stress right now and i i can't remember what technique system that uh, that you said that you practice when you're in practice practice, um, Armand, and I want you to speak to that in just a second, but in a tonal practice, um, you know, we, we are lightning rods for our patient stress, which means we take home a lot of that stress that our patients leave on the table. And so chiropractors, uh, you know, if you're listening, students, if you're listening, make sure you take care of yourselves first during this really difficult time, because you won't be able to help anybody. As my wife says, if you're dead, so Can anyway, I, um, I talk to that for a second? Please, you absolutely. Ground yourself. You, you got to make sure you ground yourself. And what I mean by that is we want to we want to help people. We want to help people tremendously. But you understand that when we try to help people so much, sometimes we can go over the line into that um, um, sense of wanting to save people rather than allowing them to save themselves. Do you follow what I'm saying with that? It's a codependency. Healthcare providers are very codependent people because they get their jollies from helping others. How about we focus on a term called, um, let me get this right now. Um, I'll come come back to it, it's slipping my mind, but it's a matter of not taking things on. It's it's a matter of of being not codependent but interdependent. 
from people. Um, and, and don't cling on to uh, uh, appearances. Don't hold on to, uh, stay away from, I'm, I'm losing my, the tone of what I'm trying to say here. Um, being, Yeah, I get, I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, yeah. it, I think this is really good advice, not just for chiropractors, but also for parents. You know, I mean, in a pediatric heavy practice like mine, and I'm sure this is the case for you, but um, parents always put their kiddos first, you know? And so I find myself on a weekly basis having conversations with moms, especially because, you know, my practice is like 90% moms and kids because dads don't come into the chiropractic office unless they got body parts falling off. Yeah. Um, it's like a genetic thing, you know, that they're, they're bears protecting the cave. But, you know, I have a conversation with moms every single week about you, you can't pour from an empty cup. If you're depleted, you can't care for your kids. This is why it's so important. And I think Reggie even talked about this before. I must be pulling it from one, one of Reggie talks. No, no, it was Sigafoos actually that said this. I'm sorry. I heard him say this at Parker. Um, he would basically go to his uh, patient's parents or other family members that are in the office and say, well, what, what are you doing in my clinic getting healthy while everybody else at home is staying sick or something to that regard, right? Yes, um, I, can, I can see. The, the first term I was trying to come up with before was don't have attachments to outcomes. Don't have attachments to anything, actually. Don't have attachments to outcomes because you don't know what the outcomes would be. And Singapore seems to have a sign on poster. I had it in my hallway. I said, Go ahead, leave your kids at home, let them... Um, suffer with subluxations the rest of their life <laughs> okay that sounds like second phase yeah exactly but but we used to we used to have that in the hallway people come out of the adjustment room and down the hallway they see that sign right in front of them like that and and the thing about the attachments to outcomes is anytime you attach yourself to something like that you put all the energy into that and then it can change like suppose i i'm i adjust you dan and you wind up with a high fever and in bed the next day. May not be the outcome. If I have an attachment to the outcome, I might go, oh my God, what did I do? All this kind of stuff. But it might be exactly what your body needs. I want to share a story because this is perfect. Uh, my sister, you know, my, my sister is Paula Hedgelon. And she speaks at Dynamic Essentials and she has a great practice and stuff. And she had a patient in her office, a lady who came in because of low back pain. That was her thing, low back pain. My back is killing me, my back is killing me. On the history, found out that she had had um, lung cancer twice. And both times they removed a portion of the lobe of the lung. But that from lung cancer, right? And so she's coming in, and my sister's working on her and correcting subluxations and the whole thing. And the only thing she can keep on talking about is her back pain, her back pain. My back is not getting better. My back is not getting better. And my sister said, I know it may not be yet, but we're still working on the interference, and you still have the interference, and we're still working with that because something's going fine in there. So long a time passes. She goes back to her oncologist. Go get checked up, and guess what they found? She had lung cancer a third time, but this time her body encapsulated the cancer and it didn't have to remove any tissue whatsoever. With that, the body actually worked to encapsulate it. So, what was happening? Where was the, where was the outcome that they had the attachment to? It was through back pain, but if you just know that. When you do what's right enough, long enough, the end result is fairly predictable that you're going to be healthier. So that's an example of that type of thing. And what, what your body can do if you don't have those expectations and attachments to the outcome of that. So. I think I think it's good advice, you know, especially in light of what we talked about before with our kids being hypervigilant. Um, you know, obviously I'm framing this in terms of pediatrics for because of the sure. podcast, but we see this in all patients, right? Um, you know, the likelihood that we're going to see ups and downs throughout this process is just part 
of that pendulum swinging, that nervous system coming back online, things healing the way that they're supposed to. I mean, Mendelssohn talks about this in his book um, about fevers, you know, and chiropractors have been talking about it for, you know, a century, but Mendelssohn made it popular. Mm-hmm. Um, that fevers, you know, are a good thing, right? You, you want to have a fever when you're ill because fevers cook everything out, right? I mean, Mendelssohn, he was even, he was ahead of his time because he was talking about how fevers that are as high as 106 can even be neuroprotective in a lot of ways. Febrile seizures can be neuroprotective. In his estimation, a febrile seizure is a way of resetting that thermostat so that there's no permanent damage. And it's like a short That's exactly right. Yeah, this idea that febrile seizures are dangerous is not really based on fact. As a matter of fact, I actually looked this up when I read Mendelssohn's book because it was written back in the 80s, but the American Academy of Pediatrics agrees with me. Um, Yet we still see kids with fevers and we pour Tylenol into them because we think the fever is the problem when it's actually the body's innate recuperative response to keep the status quo, right? To keep that homeodynamics. I had a child... I, had, I went through that with a child in my office. And this was right when I first started, 40 years ago. Uh, little child, high fever, checked the child, adjusted the child, it went into, went into a febrile seizure. And the funny thing, and it's not funny, of course, um, but the child we put down on, on the table, and I had to go handle the mom, because the mom was freaking out. And you know, she was like in, in hysterics and all this. And by the time we got the mom calmed down, we came back and the child's like, fever's broke and the child's laughing. They're in smile. <laughs> the child is fine. But uh, no, that, that does happen. I've, I've seen it happen. Things like this. And I guess Let me, one of the things we're talking about with, with the kiddos and, and stuff is uh, you always want to understand that uh, if you haven't done everything unless you've also included chiropractic. Because I hear parents say, oh, I've done everything. No, you haven't. If you've never been to the chiropractor, you haven't done everything, have you? You, know, you want to get checked for self-affliction. You want to get checked to make sure everything's functioning. Right. You know, and I, I had the, the privilege, I guess you would say, of, which scared the crap out of me in the early days, like, of a baby that was brought into an office that was three weeks old and dying of kidney failure. The hospital uh, actually sent the baby home with the mom and said there's nothing else to be done for this child. Just pray, let the child die peacefully in arms. There's nothing else to be done. And the neighbor said, have you ever gone to a chiropractor? She said, no, she didn't have anything against chiropractors, never thought about it like that. So they brought her into my office. This was my first year in practice now. I had very little experience. And the mom told me this, and I, I was like shaking in my shoes. But put the baby down, so the best thing I could do is, is adjust the baby, get rid of any interference. Then we just have to see what happens. I adjusted the baby, and when I adjusted the baby, it went into seizures, vomiting, things like this. I let it calm down for a while, and then I rechecked the baby, okay? And the baby's atlas was out again. I adjusted the baby again. I'm gonna make the story short, I carry it out. Five times in the afternoon, I adjusted the baby. But the rest in between, I adjusted. The mom, after the last time, each time the baby sees a bit. After the last adjustment, she took the baby back to the hospital. The doctors came out and said, we don't know what's happening, but he's, his kidneys are starting to work, okay? Well, last time I saw that boy, he was 16, and his father was a chiropractor in Wisconsin. Yeah. But, um, and to best of my knowledge, never had any problems like that again. But that's why um, I tell this, I'm saying this out there so people can hear it, don't think it's a point where, well, this isn't a chiropractic problem, or um, you know, they're too far gone for chiropractic. First of all, you don't know that. Secondly, if they have a spine and they're alive and there's nerve interference there, they can be better. If they're alive with the nerve interference, they'll be better off without the interference. And that's just a big thing for the, for the 
parents to understand. Bravo. I couldn't have said that better. And, um, you know, I, we're, we're at, you know, about 45 minutes on this podcast. You, you closed it out absolutely beautifully. I, I couldn't, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, whenever chiropractors who've been around for longer than I have tell these stories, all I can do is sit back and smile because I'm still, you know, somewhat in the beginning of my career, but I, I get emotional because I realize that, you know, what we have at our disposal is extremely, extremely special. You know, I, every single time I doubt myself when it comes to taking care of kiddos in the clinic and Nate surprises the crap out of me because yeah. we see the most amazing things occur, you know, and I, I, as I teach in, in tonal pediatrics and teach an MC2, you know, do chiropractic right get out of the way, let Nate run the show and you'd be surprised at what you see. So uh, Dr. Armand Rossi, thank you so much for being with us today. I am eternally grateful for you making the time. I really do appreciate it. Um, before we go out, why don't you tell everybody how, um, how they can contact you or get a hold of you? Sure. Um, I, I can, you can contact me. I'll give you uh, my email address and I'll give you my cell phone number. I have no problem with that. And my, my email address is drrossi, Dr. Rossi, at bellsouth.net. drrossi, Dr. Rossi, at bellsouth.net. And my phone number is 561-755-3878. Send me a text. We'll hook up like that. Um, I'd be happy to help anybody. I also am uh, the Dean of uh, Clinical Sciences at Sherman College of Chiropractic. You can also reach me through there, as well as teaching the ICPA, which is going into my 27th year doing that, teaching for the ICPA. And, uh, you know, you've, I'm going to end on one other thing, though. Yeah. You had said briefly earlier about what techniques do I use and something like this. My first technique is love. My first technique is love. The other techniques are I do whatever I feel is best for that individual. Because I'll do different techniques. I don't have one particular. But uh, I'll do what's best for But above all, I love them. I love them. I love, I love the blessings I have received in this great profession for over 40 years. Thank you for that. Thank you so much, Dr. Armand. And uh, I, I can't understate this enough, everybody. If you are a chiropractor um, and you want to take care of kids, you owe it to yourself to get to the ICPA and start studying. Start with Armand's course and um, you'd be surprised at what you walk away from. So again, thank you so much, Dr. Armand. We really appreciate you for being here and uh, hopefully I get to see you again real soon. Oh yeah. Thank you very much, Dan.